0: Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the ministry you're doing here, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your presence. Thank you, Father, for every heart, for every person, every, every believer that's coming to this place and set their hearts and their intentions on you. And Father, thank you that you're ministering to us every moment. And Lord, we just thank you that every need is met in Jesus' name. And Father, we we rejoice in the fact that there is, though there may be storms and chaos out there, that we can walk and abide in peace, in your peace, Prince of Peace. And so we thank you for speaking that word of encouragement. For all of us that are in that place of, of chaos, we lay hold of those words that were to us. We take that into ourselves. We take that as a special word for us to lay hold of right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I know that wasn't one of the announcements, but if you are interested in baptism, please do text the word baptism. I know we, um, I, you don't have to bring up anything, Rochelle, but just to our text in church number, that, that same one you hear all the time, and um, we'll get you on the list. We, we are planning a water baptism um, coming up in the next little while, and that's powerful. And so, um, And and there is a, we'll send you a link to, there's a little teaching on baptism, a little video teaching about what baptism is about. And so I just want to encourage you because baptism can be really huge to lay hold of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And and, um, your death, you know that you should be dead. And in fact, that's one of our big problems is that we think we're still alive. Where the Bible says we're dead. And if we can identify with how, just how dead we are, it would actually solve most of our problems. <laughs> really, for real, uh, it would, because we, we have a different life to live, and, and identifying with death is, is huge, and baptism is a part of that outward demonstration. And you know what, you can, you can demonstrate it and not really, not, not really lay hold of the truth, so I really feel that the Lord is, has been talking to me about ministering a little bit on that topic, so that's coming up in another series. But this series... That I, I want to carry on with because you know this series has been a little different. Um, for those of you who've been hooking up with Power for Your Purpose and 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 getting your hearts in in it, I, we're talking about the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and 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 I haven't been doing it in sort of a traditional way. Um, I've been I've been. I've been belaboring certain points about this because we, we there it's just as the Lord's leading me to do this, because there's well, there's many reasons why we're doing it this way. But I want you just to stay connected because um, as you know, Overflow Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we do overflow service here, and we we do we do practice um, walking in, in in the the practicality of the person and work of the Holy Spirit too. And and just as we see the, the words um, you, you know, and of, uh, of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, certain uh, gifts of the Spirit should be operational in our lives. And they're not just meant for inside the church. They're meant, si- they're meant for outside the church. We are created unto a purpose and a cause. And, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Pastor Greg uh, Moore had said this. He said, don't let the finished work of the cross absolve you, absolve you from the re- unfinished work of the church. I'm gonna say, don't let the finished work. I but we believe we preach a strong message on the finished work of the cross, Jesus, what Jesus accomplished. By his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and all of those things, it is huge for us to understand that it is a finished work. There is nothing that you and I can do for the work of righteousness to be done, for our identity to be established, for you to be more loved, for you to be for you to, to, to lay hold of all the promises, or yes and amen, for you to be set free from all the curses. All of those things are a done deal. But yes, we have to process that and that you've, you you and how you lay hold of those truths is a process, but that's other messages, right? And and what I had said last week, which is so important, we in the West we tend to do the siloing thing. We we put messages into silos and, and we, we, we separate pieces and, and so we don't get a big picture and, and we don't connect the dots and, and these these dots need to be connected. For you to get it, you know, when we talk about the heart and when we talk about the Holy Spirit and what we talk about uh, the love of God, especially, especially you know, the, we consider ourselves a grace church. We are a grace church. We're very much a grace church. And, and for those of you who have been here for any length of time, you will know that, that we used to teach a lot about faith, righteousness, and grace. And some of you will say, yo, well, when did you ever stop talking about? It? No, but we, we used to really teach on the topic of grace because it is a fundamental and such an important topic to, to lay hold of the grace of God. And, and I touched on um, Titus chapter uh, 2, verse 11. It said, for the grace of God, I said this last week, but 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and wielding passions and, and grace. Right there, it says that grace teaches us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Grace, is, grace prepares us for power to live this life. And, and, and you see, but there's this understanding too that, that we have to lay hold of grace. And, 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 and that is such a huge piece because if we just put grace in the little grace box... And, and we just leave it there, then we, then we try and put this, word, this message on the, the power for your purpose, and we put that into sort of a little, the, this is a little weirdo Pentecostal's Holy Spirit box, you know, and, and we, we, we separate, no, grace, 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 you have to understand grace in, in its fullness, well, I say in its fullness, because we're all growing in an understanding of these things, amen. Um, and and so so the love of God, as I said, I mean, Norman touched on it, the the love of God is another one of these pieces that we we hope to communicate day by day, every week, this is, listen, church is not about attendance, the whole world that lives in churchianity thinks that church is an attendance thing, church is not an attendance thing, church is a participation thing, and I'm not talking about just participation in membership here. I'm talking about participation. The Bible talks about fellowship with Jesus, a participation in Him, a participation. That's what communion is about. Participation. It's communion is literally the word koinonia. Participation, communion, fellowship with Him, fellowship with one another. You can come to church every Sunday and not miss a Sunday and be completely out of fellowship. Well, here's my membership, Pastor Shannon. I don't care about what you on a piece of paper. There's no, I'm sorry, as much as we need one another, we need to participate financially and we, we, support, we, we live and survive on and do the work of the ministry by thing. Just giving money does not just a participation. You are a participation. You are part of this. You are part of the body. You, every joint supplies. And you see, but we, we silo these things so simply. So we say, you know what? I'll stay back here, and I'll give you some money. Yes. You know, you know. it's like, if you know, if you, as you... I hope you understand. I'm not trying to make fun of this. It's, it's like, but it's not... It, it, is, it is a participation. And, and if you don't realize your value... Your identity, the fact that you are, you are a part and how to participate in this, it is such a critical thing. You, you are going to benefit by being in relationship with both, like he says, with, with Jesus first, obviously, and with one another. And so when we have these little times of, of, you know, like a friend of mine says, you know, fellowship doesn't mean we go to the fellowship hall and eat food, Right? Or even next Sunday, we're going to have a great time of, quote-unquote, fellowship. But that's, a, that's not the real meaning of the word. But yes, it is an opportunity to invest in one another's lives. I want to encourage you, laying hold of relationship primarily from Jesus, because He's our source, and Him, him when, when you stoke that fire of His grace and you just receive, like if, no matter how far or how cold or how distant or how alone or how depressed you feel, when you receive the love of God and the grace of God in your heart, it sparks. It sets you on fire on the inside. Because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm loved no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I am totally loved. And you start feeling that love. If you can participate in it, you can feel it, and as you you can't you can't feel the love of God without it oozing out of you to other people, and that's what the book of First John is all about. Don't say that you love. Don't you say you love God when you can't love your people, your friends? Because how can you love God if you don't love people, your neighbor? You see, it's not saying, it's not qualification. I know that legalism and that mindset says, well, you see, if you're not doing this and you're not doing that and you're not doing that, then you don't love God. No, it's just like the fruit, the fruit of you, the fruit of you in being in love and being inundated with the love of God is that you love people. And so the beauty of it is is is. Being in a place where, where you, you're, you're receiving the love of God, that you're that you lambanoing it. You know, we've spoken about that word. You're actively participating in the love of God. Because as that fires up your heart and it, and it oozes through you, you know, and, and, and like, again, I, I'm not going to teach grace. But like I said, we, be careful that we don't silo because this is our, our Western thing. Most Western. Maybe we all do it to different degrees. But, but I want to encourage you, open your heart. Don't just hear with your head. Yeah. Open your heart. Yes, incline your ears. But who are you looking at? What are you hearing? What are you laying hold of in your heart? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's, 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 so, it's, so, it's so powerful. It's so important. In, in fact, um, I wanted a, a little testimony just because um, Bonnie, are you up to that? Yes. Okay, won't you come up here for a second? Where's that microphone? that Will you give? Um, I asked Bonnie because Bonnie Bonnie came to the church a little not very long ago. How long have you no. been here with us, Bonnie?
1: Uh, since the prophetess Mary came. Mary Dorian. Yeah. Yes, saw okay. the sign and saw healing, and were very interested in that. And we were been here for six years, but never. You've been in the area six years.
0: And you've been a believer for longer than that.
1: Yes. And um, surprisingly, I never knew church could be like this. This is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean.
0: (laughs) So, so, you know, so Bonnie has been having an experience, right?
1: I've had an incredible experience. Um, When my husband and I came here, uh, we walked in the doors and it was as if to me a treasure chest had been opened and i was like <sighs> right i mean jewels just you know and i i picked one up and you know gosh there's a whole bunch of jewels that i'm not aware of mm-hmm. and so we uh decided to participate in the d group
0: mm-hmm. with t and stacy yeah, yeah. yes mm-hmm. great
1: facilitators yes mm-hmm. t stacy Bert. <laughs> and Burt's videos and Pastor Shannon and uh, Dr. Jim Richards and from um, Karis Bibleist Greg. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing from all of these different people, all these lessons and things that I thought I knew, <laughs> uh, well, and didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. And so I would even say if, no matter how long you've been in the church, if you have not gone through D group, I highly recommend it because it will really open your eyes, and not only that, it'll it'll just make you spark you to desire to just go deeper with God. Mm. Uh, it's just been marvelous, and I'm so glad and grateful for the class you provided.
0: Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, I say that, you know, I think because our D group, you know, when we do have a, what we call our D group, it's our grow course and we've been developing it um, specifically and we, Bert has been helping us put it together in a packaged format and it's, it, we really are working hard at, at how do we communicate fundamentals because, and I say fundamentals and straight away all the older Christians think, oh, I know that. And you've heard me say this, you've, you've, you've heard me say this many times, but discipleship is not a course. It's not a course. Discipleship is a lifestyle. It's an attitude towards life. It's something that you walk, you choose daily whether you will be a disciple or not a disciple. And and, and some of the fundamental things that we have at Lake Haven are radically different. They come from a different angle. They and 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 so when we I, I know, you know, and some of you identify with what Bonnie's saying because you've you've experienced something different. Now, you could just come and try and just check the box, and you would say, ah, you know, yeah, whatever. I'm telling you, it's not like that. If you connect your heart with something, you will find a radical opportunity for some life change, no matter how long you have been a Christian. Amen? So, that's why I say what, what we do in that, these little these silos, of, we, we touch on some of the, the key pieces through the Grow series and, and we, we, we get these in, in so in just one semester, or I forget, I think there's 10 or 11 of them. Um, in 10 weeks, you get through a, a, a little, it's enough to get your heart seeing a bigger picture. And, and there's all of these things help bring these things into focus. In any case, so we've been talking, again, about you have a purpose. You have, a, you have power that God has given us uh, it for, to, to, to fulfill a purpose. And, and as I said a few minutes ago, um, we have an unfinished work that we are called to. You and I have a, a, are called unto a good works. You and I are called to, to actually accomplish something. We're not called just to know something. Knowledge is important. Knowledge that gets into our hearts will help us. But but we are actually called to get something done. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus gave us a purpose to fulfill. And we have got to find our place in that. But as I've said before, the Holy Spirit is there to help us and to empower us, to empower you to find that. So if, you know, if... You, do whatever you need to, to when, when you're here, don't think, oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm just one of a crowd of people here. You're not just one of a crowd. you the person that God is speaking to. Yeah. Don't put your ears on that are listening for your spouse <laughs> or for somebody else. Put your ears on, like, what is the Lord saying to me? What is the purpose that I, what is the purpose that I am called to? What are we called to? What is my part? Okay. I'm telling you because you, (laughs) as a believer who calls Jesus Lord, you have not, your kingdom purpose is the center of your life. But the Western world has done this. Churchianity has done this. This is my world. All of these things. I have my kids. I have my wife. I have my vacation i have my retirement my retirement i have my you know whatever 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 it is we we put it into a little box and oh i'll give jesus a little piece here where where no no you you will never be able to find your purpose if you don't lay hold of kingdom kingdom purpose you see no matter where you are what you are called to and how you are gifted Our primary purpose is kingdom. That's what Jesus was trying to communicate in that oft-reported or uh, uh, oft-quoted passage when he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all these things will be added unto you. You see, when you put kingdom first... And you seek that purpose for it does a whole lot of things. It gives you a whole different paradigm. It gives you a whole different paradigm to how you see your spouse, how you work with your children, how you function in a community. How you, All of those will take their, how you function with your boss, how you function politically. Yes, sir. Everything flows from within kingdom priority. Right. When you put kingdom priority first. You see, that is not an option. That is not even a question if you call Jesus Lord. That's what you actually did when you made Jesus Lord. But we seem to have, as the body of Christ, I mean, nobody here at Lake Haven, I'm sure, but I mean, it seems to be at the body of Christ that, that's, that we, we forget that piece. We, we just make them that little add-on, and then we wonder why we've got like the scratch, that, that, that itch that we can't really scratch. I can't really. I, I, you, people are depressed. People are lonely. People are this. People are that. And it's like, you can't, you can't be in kingdom purpose and feel that. That is what reigning in life, reign, kingdom, same word in the New Testament, by the way, basilio, if you go and study the Greek. Reigning, when, you, when, when you're going to reign in life through all these things, it's going to be because, because we, find, we find it in kingdom purpose. and. You see, even with the power of God, when we talk about power for your purpose, we jump into a Western mindset, and and I've touched on definition of words, because we've got our own little definition of words, and we've got to get, you've got to get your personal dictionary rewritten. Seriously, you have got to, because church has defined and defined so many words, and we've got little app things. You've got to get a heart definition that God gives you of what he means, not what Pastor Shannon means. Or what this is, what he is, causing, what he defines that word as. So you see, when we hear the word power, then immediately, like I said, we jump into this. If if you come out of a Pentecostal background or whatever, you 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 assume unless you see sort of dramatic miracles, then there's no quote unquote power. You define power completely. Because, because you put it into one uh, little box, and you say, well, there's, there's, there's no power there. So I, I touched on this before. There is a number of Greek words, and I wanted to get into a little bit of that today. Um, just to, to express that there are different Greek words for the word and the concept of power, because if you, if you pull out your concordance, as you said, I've often told you, use your blue-letter Bible. It's free. It's great. And if you want to get, when, you, when you're interested and you're curious, I'm telling you, when you start looking into the Greek, a lot of confusion evaporates. The Holy Spirit starts like, oh, okay. It, it really does, because there's some words that are the same word that I'm going to use here, but that's translated in English differently. That same Greek word is not consistently translated power. Sometimes power is translated this way, this way, this way, and even the same Greek word is sometimes translated authority, and sometimes it's translated power. And so when you read things just in English, now please understand, Greek, I mean, the the Word of God was not written in our language. It was not written in English. So as a student of the Word, we, we go, and I'm not saying that you have to become a Greek scholar. Thank God for these easy, free tools. But I'm just saying because that it makes so much it makes so much sense. Um, but but like I said, there were there's about six Greek words that that are um, if you look at the blue letter version. So the one is bia. It's only used four times. Bia in English. It's just a, the way in English we spell it. Of course, it's not that way. But it, it's it's actually the word violence. It's it mostly translated, in most translations it's violence, but sometimes it's not. But it's, the, it's, a, it's one of the synonyms that is used. And, um, and then you've heard this word, right? Dunamis. Acts, verse, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. that You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That, is, that word dunamis is, is the, the second word we will look at. Um, then there's the word energia. Or energia, working power and exercise, operative power, exousia, authority. Now, again, I'm going to use, for example, the word exousia. You understand, it's often translated authority, at least in the ESV or some other modern translations. But sometimes, even there, it's translated power. And, and, and so I'm just, because I'm not going to deal with Exusia later, I want to just get that one out the way here. Exousia authority is, is incredible. It's not inherent power. It is, it is delegated power. Its authority and, and and how God has given us authority in certain things. Uh, you know, we have a, a crossing guard over here, and you've heard this one perhaps. On, but it doesn't matter if we had an old lady, little crossing guard. She can she can hold up her little stop sign and walk into the middle of the road, and an eighteen wheeler truck comes to a stop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's got nothing to do with her internal power. She represents. She steps out into the road. With authority. And boy, if you don't listen to her and the cops are waiting for you, you will feel the full might that stands behind her. It's got nothing to do with inherent, it's got exousia. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. He sends out his 12 and he says, I have given you authority, I've given you exousia over all the power of the enemy. You see, when we understand exousia, just the word exousia is like, whose authority? I don't have an inherent power. I have authority. Authority means like an ambassador. When an ambassador signs a piece of paper, no matter what country he's in, if he's an American ambassador, he signs if he's been given that authority to sign that, he signs as if he were the president. He is, (laughs) it's the reason we pray in Jesus' name. We don't, we don't, yeah, I could go deep into that one. We're not going, but, but using the name of Jesus, they're, they're, it's not, we, we are standing in his authority, amen? So that's just the word exousia. Then there's this word, is or is, hus, and it's, um, and then kratos is, is one. And so, so I wanted to break down uh, a couple of passages. Now, this passage, just to Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, five, uh, you, you know this one, this one well, I'm sure. Um. It's speaking about the whole armor of God. So it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all of them to stand firm." And then he goes into them. Now now there is so much to extract from this, and I don't want to go there because it, it, it would be a series on itself, but but honestly, laying hold of the of what is our armor is huge. It is our identity, it's it's putting on these things, these truths that God has given us, and laying hold of these truths and putting them in getting them in our heart, gives us the ability to stand against all the schemes of the enemy against all the chaos that reigns. If you don't understand that this is armor that we put on, we just don't put it on daily. You're not supposed to ever take it off. You acquire the armor of God. You put it on. It is something that you get established in in your heart in that discipleship process, and it will guide and guard you. You know, so many believers I have seen fall because they... Because they, they don't know how, they haven't put on the armor of God. Quite frankly, they get hurt because they haven't understood some of these things. Okay? But I, I want to go back to the verse first where he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Three of the power words are in that same sentence. I want to, you want to pull it out. He says, Be strong. That word strong is the word dunamis, but it's endunamist. He says, I want you to be endunamist, which is pretty interesting, even in itself. So it's, he says, you can be in endunamist. And guess who takes the endunamist? You and I do. It's, it's, it's a compound word, right? So it means that It means to be in dunamis means that's to put something inside of you. So, guess what is the container of the dunamis? You. Me. And he's telling us, he's encouraging us, be strong. Be in dunamis. You get a choice. Do you want to be in dunamis? You can be endunamist. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the, in the strength of His might. So here, there's two words I want to pick out over here. So this word, um, um, actually, before I do that, let me do it this way. That same word, endunamist, is, is mentioned a couple of other times. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Him who endunamises me. I can do all things through him who endunamises me. 1 Timothy 1.12. Thank God. Uh, I thank him who has given me strength. He, thank God that he has endunamused me. Christ Jesus our Lord because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Then in 2 Timothy 2.1. You then, my child, be endunamused by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's that word again grace how are we strengthened by grace so it's, it could it could be in um, other words to infused with you can be infused with supernatural strength and ability you can be empowered with spe, with with a special uh, a, a special touch of god's strength however you want to put it you want to receive an inner strengthening do you get the picture in dunamist, okay so now, that's just the word, be strong. He says, finally be strong, be endunamist." He says then, in this word, um, I want to go to the last word. Uh, he says, in the, in, um, let me just put, make sure I'm getting them the right way around, because I put them in my notes, to be, uh, and no, the second word, and in the strength of his might, this word strength is kratos, I love this word, kratos, <laughs> it sounds so powerful. It, it, kratos is, um, it describes demonstrated power. It's not a power that um, is intellectual. It's tangible, eruptive, demonstrative. That is what kratos is. So it's not a hypothetical power, it's the real deal. Kratos is power. So he says I'm going to go back here. He says so remember it says like be strengthened in the power, in the kratos of his might. Now that word is that ischus, iscus. I'm not trying to say something, I'm trying to get this, right. but it says, it's, it's the picture of potential strength. It says in the power, in the older translations, in the power of his might. So it's, it's, the, it's the might that's behind what is, this is. So it's like, it pictures like a bodybuilder, if you can imagine who's a big one right now. Um, I guess the rock is a famous one. If you can imagine uh, uh, the rock, Dwayne Johnson, he has got some serious power. So if Dwayne Johnson was literally walking around with me and I had to, and he was at my beck and call, do you think I would have a problem picking up anything? Because I would just walk up there and say, hey, Dane would have to walk around. Pick up a piano. Pick up two pianos. Pick up a fridge. Whatever it is, you know. You know it's, like, it's like, so he is... He, it, 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 but he represents he he represents the might that is backing up the kratos. He has he ha, Dwayne Johnson has kratos, but but so so what is in the power? It says that be strong in the Lord in the power in the kratos of His might. I don't have a Dwayne Johnson. I have a Jesus. I have a God who put the world into place. So he says, be indomest empowered, be, be strengthened, be infused by, by this strength that is backed up by the might of God himself. Okay. So that gives you a little bit of a picture. And in fact, uh, this in, in Ephesians chapter 1, it, if we go back a few chapters, and I'm going to read from, um, where should I start over here? Man, there's so many good stuff over here. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to start at verse 15, and then we'll, just, we'll get to the spot here. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Um, the, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to what you have called to that is what I'm talking about you, that you may know the hope to what you is he, which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, um, uh, to, uh, that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand uh, in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. So here we get a whole bunch of these awesome words. Okay, so I'm going to start in. in it says um, he says that we've been called to this glorious inheritance. Right in verse 19, it says, "What is the immeasurable greatness?" That is, imme- the word "immeasurable" is huperbalo. It means to to throw something beyond the mark. So uh, to me, I think of a baseball player who's like throwing it right out of the stadium. There's the mark, he is throwing it way out. The exceeding, he has overshot the mark by far. That is the word, huperbalo, it's literally to, to overshoot. Overshoot, the exceeding greatness, megathos, you've heard mega, right? Comes from this word, megathos. The exceeding greatness, he says, of his power, of his what? His dunamis is that word power. Toward us, who's us? Me, so you've got to put me, toward who? Me, towards me who believe. He's exceeding greatness of whose power? His power toward me who believes. He says, or in us, actually that word is a preposition. It could be translated to his exceeding greatness of his power in me who believes. Are you still with me? Okay, good. According to the working now, that word working is that word that one, I think it was the third or fourth one, energia. It's, it's the working out, the practical working out of this thing. He says that the, 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 of his great might, which we've discussed before, the great might is God's power, God's ability. Um, and, and, and then he says that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly, in, in the heavenly places, far above all rule which is that word, basilia, kingdom, Um, authority, exousia, and power, dunamis, and dominion. That is lordship, the word lordship. You see, we have been delivered from the dominion, from the lordship, from the authority of the kingdom of darkness, from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his Son. Okay, so I know I'm, I'm giving you a chunky, a chunky little breakdown of six words here, and I'm, we're not touching on the beer word as much as in the authority word. In fact, I did want to say there was one scripture that I thought was so powerful in, in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. Uh, I just think there's another, when it says this, to, when, um, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. When it talks about from the power of Satan to God, that is that word exousia, used in the word power again. So Shannon, you're going into a lot of little detail here. Yes, I am. I am going into detail. I hope that you can connect with the different words over here a little bit to understand that there are more than one word just to say, to oversimplify it in English and just say power. We oversimplify it in English and we just say, well, you see what, if I'm going to have any of the power of God working in my life, then miracles have to happen or otherwise there's no power. Or if you don't understand your exusia, if you don't understand the authority that we stand, with how you can exercise your authority. Amen. Yeah. When you are under the, this dominion of God, you're under kurios, which is lordship, when you're under the lordship of Jesus, you are acting on his, you are acting on His part, and His behalf. And so um, the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, as we've said. He is the one that empowers us. He says, he says when He comes upon you, He will bring us this dunamis, this active inner working power. Now, if I could spend a little while on dunamis. I'm not going to, but just so that you know that word power, for when it says that power is sometimes actually translated miracle the miraculous working of, of God. So it, to, to me, I, I feel that there's, Lord, help me communicate this just right. People seem to think, I either have the Holy Spirit or I don't have the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit, you are baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit indwells you. He doesn't, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's not like you have no Holy Spirit in you. And then suddenly he comes down and he says, okay, I'll come and and climb into your body. (laughs) Okay. That's not what happens. He is indwelt in you. He is permanently. He settles down. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit is inside you. But when we, when we are, it says, it says, be filled in the Spirit. When you are, allow yourself to yield to the influence, as we talked in one of our earlier messages, is when you yield to the influence of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus said, out of his belly will flow rivers. Amen. So the way I inter- in, in, try and interpret this, remember, these are spiritual concepts. So, it's like the Holy Spirit is from, from my, my heart. My spirit is not in this realm. I, I am, I, did I say that right? My spirit, you can't open up my, this body cavity and find my spirit right next to my pancreas somewhere. You know, it's, it's not like you can say, oh, here, see, I got it, you know. You know, it's like... You, you're, the spirit, the spirit is, is, is we we're, we're connected into that, that that realm of God, right? And, and so it's it's like the Holy Spirit is in dwell it dwells in us. He 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 becomes he. We we speak about the union with Christ. We become this inseparable union with God, according to John chapter seventeen. Inseparable union. That is a mind blowing concept. You are not separate from God. When you you make Jesus, and in fact, the Bible talks about, and we could spend weeks on that, how our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. But we are an inseparable union with Christ. Now, Now, guys, I know, I can just sense. What? Because, because we put the Holy Spirit in a silo and we've said, oh, and then we sing songs like this, oh, Holy Spirit, come, come down. It's like, come down. It's like, he can't. Come down from where? He is. He's in. Are you born again? If you're born again, he is connected. We're one. We become one with him. You you have an inseparable union with him. The question, however, is: Are you going to let him out of you? Are you going to let him connect with your outside world, this world that we're currently trapped in by the flesh? This world is keeping us limited. One day we will be unlimited. Currently, we are limited by dirt bags, like somebody says, you know. We're made of dirt and we're, we're, we're limited by flesh. Your flesh has passions. And, and, and it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the Bible talks about death and stuff like that. We, we can touch on some of these, these fun concepts because it's this body is limited, but we can let the Holy Spirit. Fill us and flow out of us, plural, rivers of living water. So let go of the concept of this. (laughs) Or, I mean, we can get into this one a whole long time. I'm just waiting. (laughs) Like, if we wait long enough. We play just the right music. Jen? <laughs> Jen can do it. You know, she plays the wrong notes. Oh, gosh. Or you know, well, don't anybody walk out the door. You will grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, can he be grieved? Yes, he actually can be grieved. But I'm telling you, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm done with you. I've separated my union. I'm gone. I'm out the door. What? He doesn't do that. That's right. He can't do that. He, you are fused with the Holy Spirit. Yes. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be yielding or choose to yield to the Holy Spirit. So when you come into, you have to do a lot of self-correcting. Corin, doesn't, Corin wants, wants to change the words of a bunch of songs. But, but I'm telling you, and, and I'm like, uh, I'm so used to it. I just kind of change the words in my mind sometimes. Because those concepts are just weird. Because they, put, they actually create unbelief. Yes. You, know, you know why? I'm going to say it again. If I say, God, please come down. Lord, Holy Spirit, please come down. I'm telling my heart, He's not here. Yes. And when we talk about the devil one day, which I just don't like to spend time talking about the devil. But we have to because there's so many weird concepts about the devil and possession and deliverance that are just so foreign to a believer that we have to talk about that sometime, okay? But I don't like it anyhow. But permanently fused, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all. Where Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus is the perfect representation of a man anointed by God, anointed with the power, who flowed with the Holy Spirit. And I know that's another big concept that we're not used to. We see Jesus as God on earth, and He is Emmanuel with us, but He he gave His divinity. He gave His power, His ability. You know that He did not operate. There is nothing that He did on earth as God. You know, that is a demonic teaching. John says that. It's how the spirit of Antichrist, if anyone says that Jesus did not come in the flesh, that spirit is of an Antichrist. God came in the flesh. He did this in the flesh. Because you know what? You know what? It's the demonic, the Antichrist teaching says this. If Jesus, oh, you see, that was Jesus. He's the son of God. Of course he can do that. Of course, of course he could do that. But hold on a second. If he is our Example, if he is a man, Jesus of Nazareth, a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, guess what? Then John 14 comes into truth. Not only will you do these things, but even greater than I'm doing. We have to, we have to connect. You see, what I'm saying here is these these words of power it's his power I, I'm trying to I, I, I fail to in, 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 in this description to, to show you, but our we do not have to be strong in our power. you and I don't have to have the ability. you have him yeah. Yeah. you have him inside of you. Yeah. your spirit is there he is he. so. I can only encourage you, lay hold of truth, who the Holy Spirit, he, who is the Godhead, like, and, and know that He has, if you are born again, that's it. Yeah. If you have received Jesus as Lord, and saved, as Lord and Savior, that's it. Done deal. Now what? What are you going to do? And, and we will talk about this probably in another series because there is a practical outworking of, of how we can, we can make manifest the, the truth of what is inside of us. There is a practical way we have to let him out. There is a very practical way. And you see, we, we have got this treasure in jars of clay. We have got him trapped. And I'm sorry, but we as the body of Christ, we have got the answer to the chaos. But we don't even believe we have the power for our own lives. Amen. And so, without getting into it today, I just want to say, say this, and I mean, you've heard me say it another way. But praying in the Spirit is a gateway to the supernatural. And, and I want to encourage you, practically... We, we will talk about that some other time, but praying in the Spirit is a gateway to the supernatural. Set time, if you are not praying in the Spirit, if you don't understand how to pray in the Spirit, if you haven't got the teaching to, to pray in the Spirit, we have got so many resources. On our website, we've got resources about this. We've got a devotional, a 30-something part devotional uh, that we've put on our website as well. But there is a power of understanding how we, we, what praying in the Spirit does. And, and there is, even when we did our overflow conference, I went into six or seven reasons at how the Holy Spirit actually helps us. But, guys, if we, if we don't, if, if we just super-spiritualize this thing... And we don't realize, and, and, and if we don't make real the truth of what is inside of us and learn how to release him to the world, learn how to empower us to fulfill this purpose. Remember why, Shannon? Oh, it's not to play religious games. It's not to play supernatural, supernatural I, I, I don't know. There's a concept I grew up in. Well, I mean, I was maturing in the 80s, and we would rush to all these great meetings, and we'd rush to go and see all the miracles. Jesus had the same problem. Guys, this move and this awakening is not rushing to see the miracles. Be the force out there. We, I'm telling you, Jesus had... You will have a crowd of people That will still not believe. Just like in Jesus' day. 5,000 loaves and fishes the one day. The next day they were gone. They were offended. They watched five loaves and two fish get multiplied. And the next day they were out of there. Let's not be this generation. Amen. Let's not be the generation that chases after the miracles. Let's. Let's. Let's become entwined with God. Let's, let's know Him. Let's, let's, let's understand what we, who we are in this power that He's put inside of us so that we can execute that in the world. Amen. 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 Father, we, we're grateful for, for the things that You teach us. And, and Lord, I know I'm, I'm a poor communicator when it comes to these things. But Lord, I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You or the great communicator. Father, I thank you that your power is manifest in so many different ways. And Lord, that that right now, that you do liberate peoples. Depression lifting, pain lifting. But Father, I see a great power of the kingdom dawning in hearts. I just feel, and you just say this though, it's like, you know, you can have a dramatic healing and still experience and not lay hold of the kingdom in your heart. And you can do the opposite as well. Lay hold of the kingdom in your heart. Have freedom flow through you. Have the peace of God reign through you. Have God's love and grace flow towards you and in you and through you to the world around you. You are designed to bring light to those around you and life and love. You are salt. You are flavor. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making these things real to us. Evident to us, we just yield to your working in our hearts and lives. We yield to that in Jesus' name. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We choose to be filled with you. That's a decision right there. Will you just let Him flow? let him flow inside whatever area whatever need you have he is not far away now if you're not born again that's a different story if if you're still trapped by the dominion of darkness and what you all you need to do is call out to him and say Jesus save me Jesus save me and he will come to you If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord, you will be saved. And If that's you, we want to help you to take those next steps in Jesus. If you're online, just text the word, contact us through the text in church number and we'll help you with the next steps. But if you're here, Know that the Holy Spirit comes into you, is in you, doesn't come and visit you. Your heart is not a hotel. Thank you, Holy Spirit.